Bill Lockwood is here. My friend Bill. Bill is back every last Tuesday of the month. All right? And he is a Texas talk radio. Oh, he is Texas talk radio. Boldest voice on patriotism. Bill, good morning. Good morning, Jesse. How are you today? All is well. I owe you an apology. We started out late. Can you have an engineer come back here? Where's Billy? I have a black engineer that's that is just, <laughs> okay. I mean, it just is weird. He's supposed no, to be I'm here. He doesn't right. show up. So when we have an issue with the computer, he's home in bed. And we oh, all, okay. and the workers are running around trying to get it repaired. I'm going to have to hire a new, I, I, I'm going to have to get a new engineer to be honest, a white one. Because <laughs> <laughs> after 20 years, this one ain't going to work. I, I never seen anybody like that. I've seen black people act this way, but. I just never seem to be this bad. So I apologize. No, no problem. That's all right. I, I was worried it was on my end because I, I'm uh, lacking technicality skills as well. Yeah, that's why we rely on the engineer. But I try to help black people. It's almost impossible. And this guy's been around 20-some years here. It's amazing. Anyway, so how was your holidays, Bill? How was Christmas and New Year's and all that good stuff? Oh, it was great. You know, I just stayed home. I didn't, uh, we traveled uh, frequently, but I did not this year. So my wife and I stayed home. People came to see us, and that was nice. I don't blame you. Same here. It was amazing. Well, Happy New Year this year. Do you make yeah. resolutions? Uh, no, I didn't make any particular resolution, at, uh, actually. So um, I try to, I try to uh, be more diligent in my sermons and sermon presentation, preparation, and Bible memorization and that kind of thing. But um not any specifics. Right on. I want. There's so much going on, and there are some things I want to talk to you about. Mostly concerning millennials. There's a study released recently, and it says more than a third of millennials polled approve of communism. Right. Is that true? A third of the people who polled yeah. millennials approve. Do they know what communism is? You know what? Uh, we, ha we have uh, so many millions of people that are brainwashed, the millennials particularly, brainwashed to goose step right to the Nazism, right to communism. Um, I think you can tell them what it is, and they are just brain dead as far as really thinking through issues. You know, uh, we just are not, uh, we're not thinkers any longer. We don't really think about the issues. Uh, here's another shocking thing. I read uh, the other day about a church, a, a Methodist church in St. Paul, Minnesota, that is, that is, in essence, disinviting its elderly members to go tell them to go somewhere else for two years so they can get some young people in there. It's like, <laughs> we, don't even, we don't even think about uh, what, what is being taught. We don't even uh, come, uh, come up to the Bible and say, what does the Bible teach? What do I need to actually preach? And what am I hearing? Is it in agreement with what God's Word says? We don't even think that way. We just we just want to make everything palatable to millennials and young people and what sounds good to them and they don't have anything, they don't even think further than that. That's amazing. So yeah. a Methodist church told the older people to stay away. Asked them to stay away. Right. So, so the uh, so the uh, so-called uh, pastor there said, well, he said, um, you know, that's really a, a, a really a mischaracterization. He said, really, what we've done is we're closing the doors in order to 
to revamp the building and, re and refurbish it and make it uh, fresher looking and put some new music in and that kind of thing. And so, uh, and so we're inviting the elderly to worship elsewhere for two years, and then they can apply for re-membership once again uh, later. So we want to get some younger people in here. And um, so, of course, they can, uh, they can keep their money there, obviously, but, you know, they don't, but don't come. <laughs> amazing. That's <laughs> yeah. amazing. Bill, That's just, what we are. It's like a, a non-thinking society. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a, I never imagined seeing my country in this condition no, while growing up. I never imagined it. Very pitiful. Yeah. Uh, for the millennials who are listening, define communism. Well, you know, communism, well, it's the same thing as socialism. Socialism is communism. Communism is socialism. And socialism, of course, uh, takes everything to the uh, to, to a centralized government. Uh, in older classic socialism, uh, well, let me just say this. Socialism uh, is the same as communism in that, in that sense, that communism is simply socialism with the, through the barrel of a gun. Well, what is, what is, that is by force. So what is socialism? Well, socialism is... Uh, the state-owned uh, means of production. That's the, that was the classical definition. But really, it has uh, kind of changed and, and vamped into something a little bit different, and that is that everything is taken to a federal level in which the, the government controls all means of production. It controls everything. It, it controls uh, the media. It controls uh, every element of society. And so it's all controlled at a, at a major government level. And so that's what it is. And it's also about... Uh, redistribution of wealth, which primarily is is really its backbone. So, in essence, it says uh, we we need to redistribute money and redistribute privileges because people misbehave in society due to the fact that they're lacking money, they're poor, and they're misbehaving in society because the blacks and the Mexicans have not had uh, they had not had the privileges in scholastic opportunities or abilities. They had not had that opportunity. So we need to redistribute privileges, opportunities, and money, and that will solve the social issues in society. So in order to do that, you have to have a government big enough to do it. And that's what socialism, in essence, is. How did the Mexican become a part of this uh, fake victimhoods from blacks because Mexicans were never slaves here, right? And the black gonna use the slave idea until hell freezes over. Freezes yeah. over. How did the Mexicans become a part of that? Well, it's all it's all about race. It's because they want people to think in terms of of skin and race and everything that uh, occurs in America has happened according to the liberal left because of this deep seated racism that is in the white population. So it's, it has nothing to do with really ideas and, and concepts, but it has to do with everything that America has been and is, is due to the fact that we think in racial terms and we're just the white, the white society is absolutely racist. So that plays into any race. So whether, whether it be a Hispanic or whether it be black, it doesn't matter. It's, it's all about race. And so they're able to, you just think about it. If they appeal to someone's race, then they're appealing to probably the, the lowest common denominator that they can. And they're not appealing to people's thinking processes. Once again, they're appealing to someone's race and they're hoping people tap into it because of the race. Why have 
it seems that most white people either are too afraid to speak up or have fallen for that idea, too, about racism and race. Why don't white people—I mean, they built the country, right? And if it wasn't for whites, there would be no America. Why are whites just—especially the white men, why are they just sitting back and allowing this to happen to them? Because now all white people look like racists in these people's eyes, right? Why are white people, the white men, I can understand maybe the women not standing up, but why the men are not standing up and speaking out and being involved? Well, you know what? That is just a, a weakness that people have when they have, we have a society that is hedonistic, based upon pleasure and, and fun and games and sports and entertainment. And so we have gotten to the point where people in the general population don't think at all, and neither, neither do the whites. As a matter of fact, they don't even, as we mentioned earlier, they don't even look for churches that actually preach the truth. Are they interested in what, what the Bible says? No. They're interested in whether or not it actually ministers to their uh, supposed felt needs and felt wants and what they, what they desire and what kind of worship do they have. Is this exciting? And, and so they're not even in the thinking process themselves. And I think that's a lot of it. But also, I, I think it is an inherent weakness that, a lot, that it's, not, it's just humankind has to stand up for what is right and, you know, to stand up in, in spite of the fact that the entire culture is going a different direction. There are very few people that do that. So to break it all down, number one, how did we get to this point? How did we get here? Sin. Just Sin. We, we have become so sinful and we've allowed sin to take a, a precedence in our society that we have absolutely uh, capitulated almost on every particular front. Uh, we, and we've just become, uh, you know, I, I, I marvel, for example, at so many churches, whether it be white or black or whomever it is, that people that claim to be Christians that say, for example, the homosexual activity is a legitimate and that Sodom and Gomorrah was, was not destroyed. These cities were not destroyed because of homosexual activity, but because of inhospitality or because of something of that nature. It's like, you know, they just, it's weak. It's so weak. It's weak as water. And people just, you know, just like Old Testament Israel, they became so weak. They couldn't even think straight. Um, I've noticed that most uh, and not all, not all now, because a lot of them are waking up. Most of the millennials are atheists. They don't believe there is a God. Right. Well, we, we've, we've taught that in schools. We've taught that through the evolutionary theory for since uh, the uh, in, introduction of uh, Charles Darwin's uh, Origin of the Species in 1859. It has absolutely captured our entire culture. So whether it be in the public school system or uh, wh- wherever it may be, you have evolution that is taught that we come from lower forms of animals that we are not God created. And so churches have tried to uh, compromise and say, well, you know, maybe maybe the Bible's true and that God did it through, uh, God created man through evolutionary processes, uh, un, unwise to the fact that evolution absolutely, its general theory, ex- uh, takes God and cuts God out of the picture. And they, that is purposeful. And that's what evolutionists say. It just cuts God right out of the picture. So churches for over a century have been compromising the truth on, on, on creation, the creation account of the Bible, for one thing. And that's just something that's absolutely happening. And for the, so 
you know, we, we've become uh, so uh, accustomed to that. And it's, it's really sad to see how the, even the churches have, have gone the way of the world. Why do you think the old, my generation, the older generation are not teaching the young? Why they're just, I don't even know where they are, but why are they teaching them that what they've been taught in school, what they hear out there in the world is not real, is not true? Oh, well, football is much more important, Jesse. Don't you know? I mean, you know, we got to watch football. We got to, we got to see the, uh, we got to see the uh, Super Bowl, and we've got to go to the sports stadiums, and, and we've got to honor the heroes, and we've got to fall down and worship them, and that's what they're all about. So uh, they'll be all about sports. I mean, they'll be able to talk about everybody's statistics and everything, how great it is. Look at the tragedy here with Kobe Bryant. I mean, the whole, oh, the whole it, world national figure. Everybody's just, oh, it's just, you know what? This is how we are. It's just sports have become so all engulfing. So entertainment, sports, selfishness, uh, we've just become so much that way. We're not interested in, in channeling our children in the way they should go. And then we, we put our, sister, our kids in a socialistic school system in which you know, frequently, you know, it's just, I mean, the culture is absolutely horrific in many of the public schools. But we just continue to put our children there. Well, we can't afford to put them in private schools. Uh, and so, you know, it's just a sad story. Um, it seems as though the parents don't understand. They're not paying attention. They don't care. They don't see that putting their children in these socialist schools are destroying them mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. Because when they come out of these schools and they go out into the world to live, their lives are awful. They're having awful lives. They're not living at peace at all. Right. You know what? Most parents, I, I, I say most parents, but generally speaking, parents do not indoctrinate their children in, number one, the Bible. What does the Bible teach? What does the Bible teach regarding the creation of man? What does the Bible teach regarding salvation, about the deity of Jesus Christ, about the inspiration of the Bible? What does the Bible teach? Number two, they're not warning the children about the dangers of atheistic communism, which communism and socialism, by the way, is rooted, and I didn't mention this earlier, rooted in atheistic thought. It is rooted in materialism. Socialism is materialism. It is based upon the idea, the false concept, that we simply redistribute funds and monies, and that causes people to behave better. That is false. We behave differently because we change our hearts, and God yeah. changes our hearts. Yeah. That, yeah. So socialism, we just kind of go along with it that way. So we don't indoctrinate our children regarding the Bible. We don't teach them about the danger of atheistic socialism and communism. We don't teach our children regarding the political scene and what's actually happening. We don't train our children in hardly anything, and we just let the, we let the world train them. And so we capitulate on that one, and we don't, put them, we don't train them at home regarding a scholastic advancement. Uh, we don't we don't expose them to the classics in in literature. We don't expose them, and so that's kind of how it's gone. I saw excerpts from uh, a show called The Grammys or something like that. That these so-called entertainers, yeah, they love entertaining themselves, right? And right. the Grammys has been taken over by the blacks, and it was the most disgusting event I've ever seen. And my whole life of being on earth, they had black men, you know they had to be mental, mentally ill, right? Dressed in stupid-looking women-like clothes and acting like worse people. They wouldn't even acting like women. They were beyond that. And yeah. uh, the host of the show, what was her name? 
a, a woman by the name of Alicia, she, she had this awful hairdo on her head, and she seemed like she's, like, off. And people were wishing me that. Oh, that's so nice, so nice. I'm like, how is that nice degraded men in the lowest form and, and, and having some woman up there looking as though she lost, didn't even know she was there, it seemed. Yeah. And men wearing dresses and mm. it's being it, worshipped. And I'm like, how did black people get, because blacks used to have, when I was growing up, have it happened in the last 70 years, they had a sense of morality. What happened to the blacks? Boy, I tell you what, that you, you know what? The government became the father, and the government stepped into the, into the role of, of the family. And instead of fathers, the government wants to take over, and that's, and that's what's happened. But, you know, um, also, Jesse, you know, we have, we have jettisoned the Bible. We've jettisoned God. And once you, once you get rid of the basic foundational concept of what is right and what is wrong— then anything goes, and it's just going to be hedonism all the way until we get down to Sodom and Gomorrah ourselves. And that's where it's going to be, but the, the black culture has led the way. You know what? If you might think about it, the black culture uh, and, the, and the prison culture is dominant. How did that happen? In dominant in high schools today. Yeah. You, uh, you see these kids— it looks like, you know, it used to be just what people used to look, you know, they wear their pants down below their, the crack of their rear end, and they want to look sloppy as they can. And that, of course, all came right out of the, the prison culture in which, you know, they were absolutely advertising themselves as, as open for business. And, I, you know, that's, but that's what all the kids want to do that now. They want to be, they, they honor and worship the blacks. They just, you know, that's, that's how it goes. And it's just, it's just taken over, uh, captivated our entire youth culture. Are the blacks unaware that um, that uh, yeah? Hold on. Are the blacks unaware that they are setting, even though some, as you said, they're taking over the blacks' images, but their images are so negative and evil yeah. and dirty. But the blacks don't seem to realize that. Even though the cultures are emulating them, it's not a, a good imitation. It's not like blacks yeah. are not being they're not they're not a good example. Why can't the blacks see that they're not being a good example? Well, you know, from the nineteen sixties on, Jesse, we have we've we've mistaught history. We have uh, continually taught that uh, the whites have been racist and that the Civil War was, for example, is all about slavery, and that's the only thing it was about. And uh, we have so much amends to make, and so uh, that has fed right into the Democratic Party platform in which they want reparations to be paid. And that's what we've been teaching our young people since the 1960s. So it's, it's not surprising that it has had a major impact uh, now that we've come to the next uh, century. And that's, that's precisely where—but anyway, the 1960s radically changed America. And uh, the people who were out there in the hippie generation and, and, uh, and thrusting up their fists against the government and against uh, American principles, those are the ones who are heading our government in a lot of places today. And that's why Donald Trump and, and so much hot water with so many of them, because they, you know, he says, no, we're going back to the basic principles that made America great. I say America, we need to understand why America was great to begin with. Yeah. Uh, so, and that's what he wants to do, go back to those principles. But boy, that has drawn the hatred, as everybody knows. Oh, yeah. I want to ask you one thing about Bernie Sanders, and then I want to squeeze in a call for you. Okay. Uh, I know you're on a timer. Uh, a, a lot of young people are starting 
to support Bernie Sanders again in this upcoming election. And Bernie Sanders said in our, our job is to build the United Nation. So I wanted to know from you, how is the United Nation hurting America? Well, from its inception, it was it was created in order to forge a world government at uh, over a period of time. And that's why we had the Security Council with five nations, including communist uh, communist China and at that time the communist Soviet Union on the Security Council. And they would veto anything that we did. And it was forged and formulated uh, actually uh, m many years earlier as the League of Nations, and there were too many American senators at that time who said, no, this is not good to put us into, a, uh, into an organization that actually undermines and overrides uh, the sovereignty of the United States. But FDR kind of pushed it, and he wanted to get it going. So internationalism has been the, been the big thing. They want to push us into a world government, and that's exactly what Bernie Incidentally, regarding Bernie Sanders, isn't it interesting that when John McCain, whom I did not support, but John McCain ran for president, it, the big cry was, well, he's, he's an old white guy. That's why he didn't <laughs> win. He's an old white guy. And so what are they doing? They're putting up an old white guy, the Bernie Sanders. You know, the, all that, that is nonsense. Yeah, uh, yeah. The, the press is controlling the people's minds too much. Are you surprised that Bernie is doing well in the polls for now? No, I'm not surprised. I know that, uh, you know, when the young people graduate from high school and uh, they go, come out of, our, out of our churches and they go to colleges, they're being taught advanced forms of atheism. And that, of course, is socialism. And they're taught that in all the universities, uh, as far as I know, or, or the majority of them. And that's what we have coming. So um, that, that's the direction America's headed. So um, there's no such thing as a moderate Democrat, right, or moderate Democrats? No, I, I don't see. How can you even be a Christian and be a Democrat? Yeah. How, can, how, how can you do that? No, that's just, you know, they're for a death culture, abortion, is, and, and pro-homosexuality, which, by the way, tells us uh, they're coming after Christianity and this Equality Act. They say they're coming after Christianity. They're yeah. coming after religious freedom. And as, as uh, one person saw and at one of their marches several years ago, they had signs saying, bring on the lions. Well, that's what the, that's what the homosexual culture is saying. Bring on the lions. They're referring back, of course, to the Roman Empire, in which Christianity was assaulted. And they say, bring on the lions. Well, that's exactly where we are today. If people don't realize it, they better wake up. You mentioned the equality, so-called Equality Act bill. So that bill would pass, am I right? In the House. It was passed in the House. That's correct. And remind people, what is the Equality Act? Well, the Equality Act is to take the 1964 Civil Rights Act and, and put homosexuality in it as well as so that discrimination cannot be based upon uh, homosexual uh, homosexual practices. They, of course, they wouldn't word it that way, but based upon homosexuality or transgender or anything like that. So, uh, it, and it promises in its very wording of the text to eviscerate, eradicate, and erase the Freedom, uh, the Freedom Re uh, Restoration of Freedom Act, which was in 1993. Uh, ironically, uh, uh, sponsored at that time by Chuck Schumer and signed into law by Bill Clinton because people were worried we were going to lose our religious freedom. So the Religious Freedom Restoration Act, that's what it was, RFRA, 1993. 
And so the Equality Act says we're going to get rid of that. Churches are going to be, they're going to be preaching homosexuality or they're going to close their doors. They're going to accept homosexual marriages or we're going to shut their doors. You're going to have them in private schools. You're going to teach it in schools. You're going to have it in your entertainment media and you're going to have it. And that's what they say they're doing. I remember when the homosexuals first wanted to come out of the closet, uh, the Christian was saying, no, 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 we can't accept that. <laughs> And uh, the Christian was saying, you're going to want to force the churches eventually. And they're like, no, we just want to come out of the closet. We never put it on the church. Now we're at the point where they're trying to make the churches accept it. That was always a lie. Yeah. The whole sexual agenda from the very beginning has been to captivate the culture and to force Christianity out the back door. Michael Swift, for example, in 1987, in the Congress, it's printed in the congressional record. Michael Swift, he says, "We're going to sodomize your sons. We're going to destroy your churches. We're going to we're going to take your brain dead people, and we're going to we're going to change America for homosexuality." And several others have said the same thing back in the 1980s. Pretty what, amazing. What can people do to, uh, you said this Equality Act bill is in the House right now. What can well, people it's do? The house. It's passed it's in the House. the House. Yeah. What, is, there anything, the is there better, anything? They of, yeah, they better get hold of the senators. They better get hold of the senators, and they better get hold of the preachers and tell the preachers, see, you better get and start preaching on it, and I don't care what the IRS says. You better get busy and say something from the pulpit about it. You better get busy, because this is what they were trying to push. And if you have the Mitt Romneys of the world up there, which we do, they're, they're liable to get this thing passed. So I don't know, but uh, I hope not. But uh, that's gone to the Senate. And so the House passed it already, the Equality Act. They're going to eviscerate uh, religious freedom entirely. That's what it's about. The president is trying to put um, or is putting reinforced student rights to prayer schools now, right? That's correct. You know, he's done a lot of things for religious freedom, prayer in schools. Uh, he's also taken off the strictures that Obama had placed on uh, religious-based, uh, faith-based organizations that, for adoption purposes. Uh, you know, there are a lot of organizations that are for, in the adoption of children that are faith-based and putting children in Christian homes. Obama put so many strictures upon them that it made it almost impossible to do it, and it made them turn it over to secular organizations. Of course, Obama hated Christianity. He hated the churches. Yeah. He hates God. And so he insisted on doing that. And so, therefore, uh, Trump rolled that back, too. So a lot of other things like that he's done. Bill, uh, yes, I, I want to just mention this, and I want you to tell the people how to go to your site, listen to your radio show. Um, you said that—I mean, you wrote a, uh, on your website about some students in Virginia, and I want people to read that. Can you give the people a hint of what that is about? It's called Youth Alive, I believe, something like that. And it's about the West Virginia— and it was a, about West Virginia, and I was surprised, but the student was not a, not really surprised. They were not allowed to post Bible verses or something like that. Oh, oh that's right. Yeah, that's right. There is a, a there is a school in in West Virginia, and they had a bulletin board uh, that was, uh, and this is uh, actually litigated by the Rutherford Institute, John Whitehead, who's the president of that, the great attorney, uh, standing for religious freedom. But uh, there's a bulletin board in which they were publishing things on that bulletin board, and they would put, uh, uh, just a minute, it'd be, it's time for you to go to class. Well, no. <laughs> anyway, they, but they, what they would do is they publish things on the bulletin board, and then students would put um, 
Bible verses on there to encourage. It was an encouraging bulletin board. They put Bible verses on there. The school shut it down, saying we can't have any Bible out there. And you, I, I put on the article, I said, you probably can quote Karl Marx and put him up there, you know. Yeah. Uh, up the people and, and down with the administration and uh, workers of the world unite. You can probably put that up there, but you can't put, you know, love your neighbor uh, or love your enemy as yourself. And you couldn't put any Bible verse up there. So that's what's happening in West Virginia. And, and they're taking it to court. So that's interesting. Yeah. Oh, good. That's American Liberty with Bill Lockwood.com. Check it out. Bill, thank you so much. I uh, really uh, enjoy talking to you. So does my audience. Really, I hear from them well, all the time. Great to be with you, Jesse. Appreciate you so much and appreciate your faith and appreciate what you stand for. And, and uh, thank you, Lana, for calling. I wish you well this year, Bill, and your family. Thank you much, Jesse. I look forward to seeing you next month. All right. Thank you. All right, folks. Bill Lot American Liberty with BillLotwood.com. Let me go back to Lana. So, Lana, amazing. And don't forget to like, follow, tweet, subscribe, and share. The Jesse Lee Peterson Radio Show, folks. We really appreciate it. We are at war. It is a spiritual battle for the soul of America. And it's going to take all of us to do it. 